You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. The NFL will roll on, certainly with a heavy heart, so far this week and one of the things to keep an eye on is san francisco because all they do is sit out there out west and keep winning football games and chelsea they're going to have a decision to make because they've won 10 straight they look to make it 11 they're one of the favorites to win the super bowl and you have to wonder with jimmy g getting healthy for the postseason they will probably go back to him but brock purdy's played really well Yeah, and it's a good problem to have because look across the NFL and how many teams are dying to have this problem. Uh, So I think for if it was me uh, that was head coach of the Niners, I'd still stick with Jimmy Garoppolo because playoff experience, I think, is still invaluable. And Jimmy Garoppolo has it. He's played in the toughest of conditions. Last year, went to Lambeau in the snow and helped his team pick up a win over the top-seeded Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who was supposed to be, you know, his last dance. So I think I'd stick with Jimmy Garoppolo here, but it's a good squad. And I think whoever is the quarterback is going to be primed for uh, a good spot just because the team around him is so, so good. Yeah, I have to give full credit to Kyle Shanahan, too. I'm not the biggest fan of him personally because the guy doesn't like to answer questions and kind of goes off on his own tangent. But the fact of the matter is, they started this season with Trey Lance, which is seems like ages ago now. That didn't work out. Then they go to Jimmy G, and of course that didn't work out because of injury. So then they go to their backup plan, Jimmy G, who was potentially trade bait with the guy at you know at some point with Trey Lance being the guy. Jimmy G comes in, performs well. Now he's out, and Brock Purdy is getting it done. So three different quarterbacks, the Niners have found a way, a credit to Kyle Shanahan and that offense. Coming up in five minutes, a win and Green Bay is in. We preview Aaron Rodgers and the Packers hosting the Lions at Lambeau Field. Let's continue talking about week 17 in the NFL with the Rams at the Seahawks on Sunday. The Seahawks are laying six and a half points. The Seahawks are minus 300 on the money line. The Rams are plus 240 and the total set at 41 and a half. Not completely out of it. The Seahawks aren't. They need a win, but the Packers must also lose to the Lions for the Hawks to make the playoffs. Six and a half doesn't seem like much for a team playing for something against a really bad Rams team. Yeah, one would think. Even the Rams have really surprised some people. And I know it's been against some bad teams. The Rams put up, what, 51 against the Broncos? And I'll say one thing. Didn't see that coming because at least the Broncos have a good defense. I don't know. This doesn't seem like a game that I really want to play. Six and a half seems very large. But this spread has gotten almost out of control. Opened at three, all the way up to six and a half now. But maybe the Seahawks are the play here, especially at home, especially when they do have something 
to play for. Looking at some of the trends for uh, Seattle, they've not been a great team to bet on. Just one and six against the number in their last seven games. Maybe the tides turn here, but I don't think it's a team that I really want to trust with my hard-earned money and not at six and a half. Yeah, if I'm playing the Seahawks here, it's just because I'm outright fading the Rams who have absolutely nothing to play for while the Seahawks will be motivated less than seven. I know Seattle is not the most trustworthy team, but in this spot, I think I might be tempted to lay that six and a half because it's below that key number of seven. Let's get to those 49ers hosting the Cardinals this week, and the Niners are laying 13 and a half. The Niners minus 700 on the money line. The Cardinals are plus 500. Total set at 40 and a hook. Now, the Niners... Not likely for this to happen, but there is a chance for them to get to number one seed. They have to beat the Cards, and then the Eagles have to lose to the Giants. The Eagles 14-point favorites over New York, and we don't know if the G-Men are going to play all of their starters. So I would assume Philly wins that game. But still, like we were talking about, the fact that the Niners are in this position is a pretty big deal. Would you lay 13 and a half? Tough. I don't know, but if there's ever a team that maybe is worth backing here, maybe it's the Niners. They've been really good against the spread at home, 6-2 and two this year. And uh, looking at the other side, and we look at the Cardinals, uh, away from home, they've been all right. And I will say usually that's the spot to play the Cardinals is away, as opposed to at home where they have a losing record against the spread. I don't know, Jenks. Uh, some of these spreads look way too big. I think it's either Cardinals or nothing for me because – at this point, when the spread is so big, it's not really logic because people are going to say, oh, well, the Niners are amazing. Yeah, it's built into the number. But when you're looking at a spread this large, I cannot make myself take the Niners laying 13 and a half, 14 points. It's either Cardinals or nothing. Yeah, I would just stay away from this one. Like I was saying, Jason Scott said, I don't even know what to do here. I mean, yeah, the Niners are favorites, big favorites for a reason. They're dominating right now, but 13 and a half. This has garbage time touchdown written all over it. And particularly if you get in a situation where it looks like you're not going to win, maybe the score, maybe you look up and you say, all right, well, the, the Eagles are dominating the Giants. Why are we risking our starters being out here? There's just so many different things that can happen in the final week of the season. Chargers at the Broncos. Chargers laying three points. Chargers are minus 175 on the money line. The Broncos plus 145. The total set at 40 and a half. This is pretty simple for me. There's no way I'm betting the Broncos. So if I'm going to bet this bad boy, I'd bet the Chargers. The Chargers really don't need to do anything here. So again, this is one of those games where we're kind of rolling the dice. And I would say the under is the play because the Broncos defense has been so good all season, but that has not been the case over the past two weeks. And now they're dealing with a head coach who's been fired. So it's probably a stay away from me all the way around. Doesn't this number seem a little short? For a Chargers team, that's pretty good. And we see some circus catches from Mike Williams. And plus, the Chargers have been pretty good at covering numbers, especially away from home. 6-2 and two ATS away from home. Uh, looking at Denver, they have not been good at covering numbers overall. And also at home, where they're just 3-4 and four ATS. Don't want to trust Denver, especially when it's only 3. I know usually when you see a home dog, especially in an environment that is especially raucous, but still... I think I'm riding with the Chargers here. This number seems a little short for me, but I do think it's Chargers for me here. In Green Bay, one of the more fascinating stories in the NFL this season because the Packers were just absolutely awful midseason. Looked like they were going nowhere. Aaron Rodgers was talking about, well, I guess I'll keep playing if we're still in it, but if we're not, I can step aside. Well, here they are 
absolutely smack dab in the middle of it. If they beat the Lions at Lambeau, they are in. Packers laying four and a half points. Packers minus 225. The Lions are plus 180 on the money line. The total set at 48 and a hook. Now, the Lions aren't out of it either. They need to win this game, but they also need Seattle to lose to the Rams to make the postseason. So that doesn't seem likely, but still a lot to play for here. I, I, I still like the Packers with the way they continue to get better each and every week. Yeah, four straight wins, four straight covers for the Packers. And it's not just Aaron Rodgers. Because if you look at the last game against the Vikings, Aaron Rodgers only had 159 yards passing. It was Aaron Jones uh, Jones paving the way with 111 yards on the ground, averaging almost eight yards a carry. So it's not a Green Bay team that's one-dimensional. They can get it done on the ground. And this Lions defense against the run has not been good there's so much to play for here the Packers are riding high with a ton of momentum and I feel like the pressure's almost off for Aaron Rodgers like I know this is a win and end situation but compared to a team last year that had so many expectations and this was the last dance for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams I feel like this is a team that's playing loose and a team that I would want to back in this situation yeah, you talk about a team that has nothing to lose. Here they are rolling. Nobody expected them to be here, and I think they can absolutely outclass the Lions, so definitely going to lay that four and a half. The Ravens taking on the Bengals. The Bengals are laying six and a half points, but again, we don't know exactly what the line is going to be on that game. That's where it was yesterday before what happened last night between the Bills and the Bengals. When it's reposted, it will probably be something similar, but as of now, off the board at that MGM. But this will be an important game for the Baltimore Ravens, who certainly still have a chance to make the postseason. Let's move ahead to the Browns and the Steelers in Pittsburgh, the Steelers laying three points. The Steelers are minus 150 on the money line. The Browns are plus 125. The total set at 39. I cannot believe we are talking. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Here are the Pittsburgh Steelers. You talk about a team that looked awful midseason, and we talked about, well, well here it comes, the first losing season ever by Mike Tomlin. Well, here they are at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Steelers clinched the wild card with the win and a loss by both the Patriots and the Jets. It's certainly plausible the Jets taking on the Dolphins, Pats are taking on the Bills, but first and foremost, Pittsburgh needs to take care of business. The Browns really aren't playing for anything. I've laid the three with Pittsburgh. I think so, too. I think you see the way that the guys play for Mike Tomlin. You saw it last game, and he looked so confident going into that game. It's not even a matter of the guys on the field. I think I'm always tempted to take the points when it comes to divisional dogs in the AFC North, uh, but you look at the trends here, and the Browns have not been great against the Steelers. The Steelers 2-1 and ATS over their last three games against the Browns. I think the Steelers at home here trying to secure uh, a lot of things, and most notably a winning season for their head coach, Mike Tomlin. I think I'd roll with the Steelers here. Yeah, I think I would too, and I think it's interesting that Kenny Pickett has been the guy. They decided about midseason based on injuries, based on trying to switch things up, that they would go with Kenny Pickett. Now, he hasn't been fantastic this season. Only six touchdowns, nine picks. But over his last five games, three touchdowns, one interception, he's not throwing for a ton of yardage. But what he is doing a better job of is holding onto the football. So maybe he's the quarterback of the future for these guys. Yeah, one would hope. And also the defense still has T.J. Watt on their side and he can be a game changer he is a former nfl defensive player of the year for a reason so keep an eye on that defense as well they have certainly been different since he has been back in the lineup after injury 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.